Will Bitcoin pump or dump before the halving? The halving for Bitcoin is coming in April 2024. And there's lots of price action around this date historically with each cycle that we've had in the past. We're going to cover what that looks like here in today's episode. But what we want to look at is leading up to April when the halving occurs, are we going to pump? Are we using a dump? What's going to happen with prices during that time? And then also afterwards, after that having occurs, what can we look forward to for the rest of the year? Those are things we're going to kind of look at today. We'll look at a bunch of different things like technical analysis, we'll look at some on-chain analysis, and just look at historical trends previously uh, that we've seen from the past two cycles uh, of Bitcoin itself. So that's what we're looking at here today. GMGM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. We are here to make sense of an on-chain world in constant transformation. I'm Kyle Ed, your host for today's episode, and I have a question for you before I get started, and that is, do you own Bitcoin? If you do, are you accumulating Bitcoin on an ongoing basis right now? Or are you the type of investor here in Web3 that doesn't necessarily care about digital gold, and instead you're buying ETH, SOL, and other digital assets. Are you a Bitcoiner or are you not? That's what I want to know today. So if you're listening on Spotify, please answer the poll. If you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify, actually, you can put your comments in the comment section and let us know there. Otherwise, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel to help us grow and continue to bring Web3 Academy's information to the masses. All right, guys, so let's just dive right into today's session. I'm going to share a screen here. So for those listening on the podcast, don't worry. You can watch if you want on YouTube or on Spotify. But if not, it's fine. I will do uh, everything I can to explain what I'm discussing uh, and what I'm showing here because uh, we will have a bunch of charts and things to look at throughout. So first, if you're not aware of the Bitcoin halving or what that is, basically what this is, is the miners of Bitcoin receive a certain amount of rewards every single year, okay, uh, on an ongoing basis. And what happens is, is the reward that they get so if you think of the inflation rate, an annual inflation rate for Bitcoin, that amount is cut in half every about four years. It's based off the, the Bitcoin protocol. So it's not actually uh, on a four-year basis. It's actually based off of the, the block space. But regardless, it's around every four years, it's cut in half. And so what that means is there's half the amount of supply being put onto the market or really just being put into the circulating supply of Bitcoin on every single four years. And so Obviously, if demand stayed the same, but supply is getting cut basically in half, and again, this isn't the total supply being cut in half, but new supply being cut in half, then ultimately price should go up, right? It's what we've seen here. I mean, if you look at the chart I have right here, it's just showing each uh, halving cycle. It shows the rewards getting cut in half every four years. Uh, and then, of course, we have the cycles of Bitcoin and crypto in general that continue to go up and up every four years. And it seems to be fairly aligned with Bitcoin halving now. I just wrote a pro report on this. So it comes out on Thursday, all about what I believe actually impacts the cycles more than the halving itself, which is around liquidity. And so if you're a pro member of Web3 Academy or our newsletter, you'll get a big deep dive into that and how to watch liquidity and understand liquidity throughout the cycle to help you time the top. So I highly recommend you check that out. But either way, we know that having itself does have some sort of short-term effects because there's a lot of price action around it. And so that's what we're going to talk about here. So now that we understand what the Bitcoin halving is, let's look at some historical data. And we're going to use a friend of the show here, Rex Capital. He does a great job on, on just like looking at the trends of Bitcoin in general, but specifically the Bitcoin halving. And he's broken down the halving into five phases. Okay. And so in the five phases, we have the pre-halving downside. So usually we see a big dump 
way before or well before the the having itself. Then we have a pre-having rally leading up into it. Once the having occurs, we generally see another retrace as well as a bit of accumulation. And then post-having, we have sort of some resistance. So that's your sort of accumulation phase. And then we have the parabola where things start to go a bit crazy. The, the times that we're used to and what brought a lot of us into crypto, those 2021 type times or 2017, where things just get a bit crazy. So we'll talk about all this here in today's episode. So one of the things that Rect is looking at here in this chart is actually the pre-having downside phase has potentially already finished. So if we just look at where Bitcoin is at right now, and I'll just zoom in on our latest, you know, the last few weeks here, we've had a bit of a retrace, right? We went from 49,000 was the, the top that we had, and that was back in early January. So just before the ETF uh, was approved. And we went all the way down to about 30, close to 38,000. And that was basically the week after the ETF was approved. And so if we look at that dip, I think we hit about about 20, close to 22% uh, dip in Bitcoin, obviously more in something like Solana. They had a much bigger bigger dip than something like Bitcoin. I think Solana was like 38% or something over that time. So a pretty reasonable side size pullback and somewhat in line with past pullbacks. So from there, what happens? Typically, there is a rally leading into the April. Well, in this case, it's in April. So typically, there's a rally that kind of comes back here at this point for the next sort of two months leading into it. So that's Rex expectations here is that we'll probably have some sort of rally leading into it about 60 days or so before the, the having itself. So that's what we're moving into here in February. Uh, and so that's likely just based off past uh, cycles. That's what happens. Then what we have is as the halving occurs, so in April, there's typically uh, a retrace. And that retrace was 38% back in 2016, and then 20% in 2020. And then from there, we sort of accumulate. We don't really know what happens at that point, just kind of up and down, not much is happening. You call it the crab market, which tends to happen for about 150 days or five months, believe that or not. And then is when we start the parabolic trend where things start to get a little bit crazy. That's what we saw at the end of 2020 the most of 2021, at least in the last cycle. So in terms of Rex Capital, he believes we're probably going to rally at this point because we just had our pullback. Now, one thing to, to understand here is there's a lot of different things at play. Yes, there's the happening that's occurred, but we also just had the Bitcoin ETF. We have an Ethereum ETF coming. We have a liquidity cycle. So there is more we need to understand and look at than just the having itself. And so one of the things I tend to wonder and as I look at is, if we go back to past cycles, the top of the 2017 cycle was when the Bitcoin futures on CME was approved. Okay, It was a big thing to legitimize Bitcoin, and it marks the top of the 2017 cycle. Then if we came and then we had two tops in the 20, the last cycle, so the 2021 cycle, the first top here, which happened in April of 2021, this was a top that happened when Coinbase IPO'd. Okay? It was a massive speculative event. People were so pumped about it. Our first big crypto company was going public. And it marked a top. Then we had the Bitcoin futures ETF that was launched in November of uh, 2021. And that marked the second big top, which was actually the top of the entire cycle. And of course, we went for a long bear market after that. Then we've had this big run up this, this well, more Q4 of 2023. And we had the Bitcoin ETF approved. And it looks like it's marked a bit of a top. Now, again, only 20%. So nothing compared to those other big ones. Big difference here is those ones were in the parabolic phase and the, the ending phase of a liquidity cycle, right? So 
a little bit different dynamics. We're still sort of in a bear market. Well, I mean, we're, we're probably in a bull now at this point, but in terms of liquidity, in terms of macro, we're not in the, the parabolic trends like we were during all three of those events. So maybe just the top here that we've had um, is much smaller because of that. Not sure, but I think it's something we need to think of. Like, did we have the pre-having downside or was this just the sell the news event of the Bitcoin ETF? That's something that I think we're still a little bit unsure and we don't know for sure at this point. One thing I like to look at here is on the chart up here, what I have is the past cycles of Bitcoin and its pullbacks. So at the bottom here, you can see just the uptrend. That's the price of Bitcoin with each cycle. So you have orange, red, blue, green, and then now we're in the black cycle. And then up top here, you see the pullbacks and you can see the percent, the percentages on the right here. So my mouse right now is over the 40% where you have a bunch of 40% drawbacks, 30%, et cetera, throughout the entire cycle. We haven't had any of that yet in this cycle, right? We actually are still in the early days. We have, haven't even had more than 30% in Bitcoin. So it's very small pullbacks. So I'm going to talk about what to look for in the, you know, after the having in a second, which will be a lot of pullbacks. And I think we're, we're entering that stage. I just am a little bit concerned that we haven't really had a big pullback just yet. And I know for some of you, this 21%, 22% might feel like a big pullback. But in crypto world, it's really not that big of a deal at all. We have not come back and hit any of our big forms of, of what we hope will be support down at, you know, sort of the 37, 38 level. We didn't really touch it. We were close, but it didn't last very long. And then 32 was the real big support line that we have that has tons of historical relevance. And we didn't even come anywhere close to it. Is, is that where things head before we get to the having? Potentially, potentially. It's hard to say exactly according to the Rex Capital charts that I had up here. Uh, probably not. In, in fact, he actually is showing, according to this anyway, that we might actually go up from here. So let's look at a little bit of technical analysis here on Bitcoin specifically, then I'll move into some other assets. This chart looks a little bit crazy, so don't, don't mind it. I'll explain what's going on here. But basically, a few things that we can look at here. I have up here the yellow, which is the 20-day the moving average, and then I have a green 200-day uh, moving average. These are really good technical indicators just to look at trends and where things go. And then I also have the relative strength index, which is sort of the momentum of markets. One thing I want to look at is if we go back to the previous cycle, okay? So we topped out in you know 2021, or sorry, 2017, and then we reached our bottom here in 2018 in November, and then what you can see is when we finally broke through that 200-day moving average, we absolutely smashed off it, right? We went through a massive mini bull market in 2019, and we went from about $4,000 to 13000 in a matter of months, okay? So that's what happened when we hit off that 200-day average, which we broke down below when we hit our lows, okay? And so that was a pretty big deal. Then what happened was we flew up, and then we actually broke down below the 20-day moving average for a little bit here. That was sort of the retrace before the halving, okay? And it took us you know, almost a year to get through it. And finally, once we broke through that 20-day moving average again, it was kind of up only at that point. We hit that parabolic, hit that parabolic move. And just for context here, May is when the, the halving was in the last cycle. Now, this one is a little bit weird because we have the COVID dump, which like that was like a 68% dump that probably isn't happening this time around, but happened obviously because markets sold off like crazy because the world was basically ending and everything shut down. So we're not sure exactly how this market structure works, but regardless, way before COVID happened, we broke below the 20-day moving average after that big, big, big run-up, and it took a while to get above it. Once we were above it, it was just kind of up only for almost two years, okay? So if we now look at today, where things are at in this cycle, 
again, when we hit the lows back in 2022, we went below the 200-day moving average, okay? Well below it. Took us a while. We finally broke through it. Takes a little bit. We bounced off it a couple of times and then boom, we rocketed up, right? We went from 25,000 up to 49,000, right? So basically doubled in a matter of months. So uh, a really good run. Now, we haven't came back low enough to go below the 20-day moving average like we did in the previous cycle, okay? So that's very interesting. And one thing that just makes me think maybe there's more room to pull back here. We haven't really seen a big reset. Even if we look at the momentum, so the relative strength index, which I have down at the bottom here, again, if we look at past cycle, we went in sort of in the overbought range and then we really came back, right? We really came back, we reset that and that allowed us to really bounce off the bottom and just like run, run, run to the full overbought uh, area for the next like sort of year, okay? And again, in this stage, we have not came back and got out of that oversold area. We're still, or sorry, overbought area. We're still in that. Uh, and so there's no big reset here, which for a parabolic area, parabolic trend to start in this area, not very likely. So in my opinion, it looks like we're probably due for more of a pullback uh, than anything. And if not pullback, we don't necessarily have to drop 40% for this to reset. We could also just range around this area that we're at now and the relative strength index would come back. We'd also then eventually come in below the 20-day moving average. So it doesn't have to be aggressive as what it was in the last cycle when we had the COVID dump. So anyway, it's something I'm I'm a little bit concerned about, just sort of thinking through. And when I say concerned, I'm not, I haven't sold anything. I'm not like worried in any way. I think it's all short term. There's many catalysts that are going to push the market forward. And what I believe is probably the second half is when things really start to move. So leading up to the second half, when I think the parabolic trend begins, I think we're probably just going to be in a bit of an up and down market. We might jump on some sort of news and then we might uh, dump again. And so I don't think it's going to be anything extravagant over the next couple of months leading into the having, to be honest. And so my main thing is keep accumulating here, but probably just don't be leveraged long and wouldn't be short either. Because again, I don't think the market is going to do anything special, at least for Bitcoin side of things. What I think is going to happen is actually the market's going to start focusing on Ethereum and altcoins. And I'll explain why I think that in just a second. So hopefully that helped you guys kind of understand where things are going to go here. Uh, just to clarify, probably by the time the halving comes, I think we are probably a bit higher on Bitcoin, but I don't think it's anything significant. We're not above all-time highs or anything of that of that nature. I think by the second half of 2024 is when we start to surpass all-time highs and run from there. So anything in between now and you know June, July-ish, uh, I don't really have a strong opinion, at least on the Bitcoin side of things. Here's an interesting chart. It's called Nuple, net unrealized profit and loss. Nuple, not nipple. Okay. This is a, a really important chart for to understand market dynamics. And basically it's looking at the net profit or loss of all the Bitcoin holders. Okay. Really interesting chart you can get on Glassnode and it's been used throughout many cycles. And so what we're looking at here is the blue line here is the Nuple indicator. And then the black line is just the price of, of Bitcoin. Now, what we see here is when we reach this sort of belief and denial stage, that's when things get pretty bullish, but also pretty volatile. And so we've just jumped into that right now, which means a bunch of people are in profit is essentially what this thing is showing. But what happens here is we tend to stay in this area for quite a long time for most of the bull market. Once we get through this belief denial, so this orange range, and we get into euphoria and greed, the red one, that's when we start to hit the top. That's when you want to start selling because at some point we're about to dump 
and go into a bear market. Every single time we've reached that red area, we dump afterwards, okay? It's almost perfectly matched. So something just to be aware of. No, we're nowhere near that. So again, that's why I don't think we're going to have some massive dump. We're not moving into a bear market. We're not at a top by no means. But what is interesting, if we look at the historical chart here, we can see that whenever we are in a bear market and we get through the bear market and the first time we hit this orange area, so the belief area, we tend to have a bit of a pullback. So this is the one that I just showed you in 20, sorry, in 2017, where we pulled back for a little while. We had that COVID dump. And so it was months of sort of sideways action slash going down. And then eventually we took off and we really went parabolic for, for months and months, you know, 12 to 16 months kind of thing. Same sort of thing true historically here as well. If we look back in 20, 2016, the first time we hit that orange, we actually pulled back out of the orange. And then eventually we went way above it. And we, again, 12 to, 16, 12 to 18 months of a, a bull run until we reached the red euphoric stage and then pulled out. So we just hit the orange. Will we have that pullback and go below it again? Again, that's what I'm thinking potentially happens. It's not 100% guaranteed by any means, but I definitely can see us getting another pullback as a result of this. Now, the other interesting thing from this chart here is when you reach this orange stage, what this tells you is, okay, bull market is on. We are moving into the up only for 12 to 18 months. And what we should start to expect is really big pullbacks. This is the point in the cycle where you start to see 30, 40% pullbacks, but they're pretty quick. They happen within a couple of weeks, right? Sometimes even a couple of days. So we're just sort of starting to reach that phase. Now we might be in the orange for a little bit before that happens. Again, we might pull out of it here. We'll have to see what happens, but something interesting to, to watch over the next little bit. So that's quite interesting. And in fact, actually, this is a bit of an older chart that we're looking at here. So we actually have, I think, pulled out by now. And so again, are we going to go back much further? Hard to say. I mean, with the ETF here, that gives us a bunch of demand. And then I think what I want to talk about next is just sort of looking outside of Bitcoin. So first, this is the past cycles. Just to give you an idea of black is the current cycle of what this looks like when we're looking at past cycles, right? Again, if you look at the blue, you look at the red, we're just getting, you know, we're a few months away from getting into that parabolic phase where it's really, really up only for a while. And so we're matching. We've been tracking the last bear markets perfectly. It looks just so similar to the last couple of cycles, which is quite interesting. Now, the other thing that happens in these cycles around this time is Bitcoin dominance tops out, right? So what I have here is the Bitcoin dominance chart. And then the blue line is a 50-day uh, a moving average of the Bitcoin dominance chart. And what we can see is that um, when we're well below, so when the, the dominance is above the 50-day moving average, whenever we cross over that and come down below it, that's when we start to see Bitcoin dominance come down uh, for the rest of the cycle, right? So if you look here on the red and the greens, this is the dominance going up or down. We start to see red for a long period of time. And that's where really the crypto cycle tends to take off. So we seem to be hitting that point. Now we could bounce off it. So it's not confirmed that this is the time it's going to happen. But definitely it looks like we're sort of reaching that point, which makes sense with a lot of the other indicators that we're looking at as well. So interesting thing just to keep an eye on there. And then one other one just to sort of like double down on on the timing of where we are in, in that cycle. This is an interesting chart that looks at short-term supply. So basically you call these the tourists, the people that buy for and hold it for less than 150 days. So these are usually retail people, people that come in, they don't really know what they're doing in this market. They're not holding for the long-term and they they tend to sell when you know there's a big pullback or they tend to sell after like 10% gains or something like that. So these are sort of the tourists that come and go, they leave during the bear markets. And then we have the, the residents, which are the people that hold long-term, they hold for more than a year, et cetera. And so what happens is 
as we get further into a bull market, typically the retail people, they start buying up, right? As we reach all-time highs, they're now buying. Whereas the people that have been here for the bear market and longer, they actually start selling. So they're taking profits, whereas others are just buying in for the first time. And so what happens is whenever we start to see those numbers come together, meaning that they're are becoming more and more of the short-term buyers and less and less of the long-term buyers in terms of like the amount of, t- of, of Bitcoins that are held and who they're held by, that's when we start to see that, okay, we're in the, the next phase of the, of the bull market and we've got about 12 months for that bull market before we top out. And then what happens is when that top occurs, you'll start to see that the long-term holders start buying again and the short-term holders are, are selling out. You can see it here in the past cycles, the same thing has happened. Now, we don't know if this is starting right now or not. It's so like this green range that you see might be moved over. It could just pull back and this could have just been a, a small little dent in the trend. But it does look like if you look at the two trends, they're starting to come together, um, which would say, okay, from here, we've got 12, maybe 16 months uh, for the cycle. It's again, the sort of parabolic area uh, where retail starts to come in and things get a bit crazy. So a lot of indicators kind of pointing towards the same thing. And so that's, again, just kind of goes along with my thesis of second half of this year is where things start to really pick up. And I think we just see some volatility right now leading into the Bitcoin having itself. Now, let's move out of Bitcoin for a second, because, again, I think all eyes are moving towards altcoins at this point. I think the dominance has topped out and looking at Bitcoin is still important, especially when you're considering macro. So you always want to keep an eye on that. Things like the new bull indicator that I just shared there, Bitcoin dominance, et cetera, because that's going to help you decide when the top is here. Now, we're nowhere near that. But you do want to keep an eye on those things. Where I think we're moving now is markets are going to move towards Ethereum. And the reason for that is, well, we have the, the EIP 4844 upgrade, which is going to make L2s much cheaper. And I think there is some narrative around that. We've got a bunch of L2s that have just recently launched in the last couple of months, a bunch of tokens that are launching, which brings liquidity. And then we have obviously the Ethereum ETF, which is looking like it could be pretty likely. I think the ETF experts right now are giving about a 65% approval rate of that. And so it's not as high as what the Bitcoin one was, but we're still months out from that. That comes in May 23rd is the, the date to be aware of there. What's interesting to look at here is that Ethereum has been in this sort of range, a channel, I guess you can call it, that it's been in since it reached its bottom back in June of 2022. And so it's gone up and to the bottom of this range multiple times. And it's just continued in this range for a while here. And so it looks like we have an upside of Ethereum still up to about 20. Let's see if we're looking at today. 27, 2780, 2750, somewhere around there. And so again, even if it did that, that doesn't mean we're going parabolic and it's you know bull market craziness. I think we could hit that leading into the Ethereum ETF, no problem. If we surpass that, that's really good news. And I, I think we probably do. But until then, if we continue just in this range, then again, I'm not super bullish by any means yet. I think it'll take us months to get through this range, but let's see how high we go on the EIP 4844 narrative, uh, as well as the the Ethereum ETF, I think leading up to the halvening, which is in April, I actually think you're going to do much better in something like Ethereum. I think Bitcoin, you know, maybe goes up and down a bit, but I think it's Ethereum that's really going to outperform for the next couple months here. And then I guess to add to that, I always talk about Solana as well. So let's just look at what's going on there. I showed this chart, I think last week, which Solana sort of broke out of, came back, hit the the line here, and then it looked like it was going to take off. Unfortunately, today, Solana has had a bit of issues. So the chain is actually down. Had its first outage in over a year. So it sold off a bit. And I think people have sold and rotated a bit of their soul into ETH as a result, which, um, you know, I, I think it's just a short term thing. These are all expected in a new chain that's trying to be extremely, extremely scalable, like none other, no other chains are. And so 
Bitcoin people will laugh at this and Ethereum people will laugh at this and say, oh, you should never have downtime. And look, it's a new technology. It is what it is. Don't take this like Solana's done and you need to sell everything. It's not. It's just a quick fix they had to do. It took them a couple hours. I think it's back up and running now as I'm recording this. And so all is well. I think this is, you're probably going to see more of these throughout the cycle as more users come in. Lana is doing a lot of transactions right now and it's been able to handle that pretty well. Of course, it can find bugs and that's okay. When Fire Dancer comes this summer, which is another validator client, that'll keep the chain running ideally. And so I think all these issues that they're going through right now, they're getting solved. So I, I wouldn't worry about them. In fact, actually, if people start to overrun this narrative and Solana really sells off as a result of this, it would be a, a fantastic buying opportunity in, in my opinion. So, but let's see where things go. It just happened this morning. So in terms of price action, it went down a bit, but not much because, well, most people couldn't sell because the chain wasn't working, right? So we got to wait for the chain to get back up and running and then we'll see what happens. I got a feeling it's not going to be a, a massive dip, but obviously if Bitcoin sells off and, and the, the market in general sell off, then Solana will, will sell off more. It's just, it's more volatile than, than the others. So it's pretty normal. Outside of that, the only other thing that I would be looking at right now is in terms of just the broader macro markets and in tech, so outside of crypto, technology stocks in general are actually doing really, really well. So if you're looking at the other sort of growth or high risk assets outside of crypto, which would be your tech stocks, they have been crushing it. And a lot of that is coming with the idea that likely the Fed is going to cut rates at some point this year. Again, I've been saying for many, many months now that I think it happens in Q2, which I still continue to think happens, although... People are concerned about inflation still and that, you know, jobs were were really high and so unemployment isn't getting as bad. So like, can they really cut rates? I think a lot of those jobs numbers are garbage. I'm not going to dive into that now. I think inflation tanks still, as I've been saying forever. So I think, you know, with the Ethereum ETF coming in, in May, the halving coming in April and rates likely to get cut by June, that's what I think, again, sets us up for a second half that I think is going to be really big. And we're already seeing it happening in tech. Crypto is lagging because we've had the sell-off because of the the sell the news event of, of the ETF. So that's fine. The more that tech stocks diverge from crypto, it generally means that whenever crypto catches its bid at whatever point that is, it tends to just shoot massively. And so this is why you want to be in the market. You don't want to be short. You don't want to be out of the market, even though we're not sure where we're going to go in the short term. Whenever it happens, crypto moves really, really fast. And so this is why you just want to be in and wait for that. And the more that tech stocks go up, it's like building up pressure for crypto to just explode whenever they it catches its bid. So let's go back to the rec chart just to sort of wrap up here. And so where do we think things go? So again, in his phases, we have the sell-off, which we might have just had. Then we tend to have a rally. Then you have the halving. We have this sort of accumulate, tends to retrace right after that. Again, kind of like a sell the news event like we just had with the ETF. And then we sort of accumulate. It takes a few months and then you're sort of parabolic from there. And so his timing here would be sort of Q4 is when we start to go parabolic, which uh, again, I would definitely agree with that. I think it could come earlier. And I, the reason I say that is probably because interest rates are cut sooner, but uh, let's kind of see where that goes. Regardless, on the medium term, you know, if you're looking six to nine months, things look really good. In the short term, what happens in the next month or two, hard to say. I would say probably ETH begins to catch a bid though, because of the Ethereum ETF and the EIP 44 upgrade happening in I believe it's in February, maybe maybe early March. I'm more bullish on that than on, on Bitcoin in the short term. But otherwise, price action could do anything up leading up into the halving. And then after the halving, that's when you really want to be make sure that you're allocated because I think from there, that's when we go on our 12 to you know 18 month, well, probably 12 months at that point of a uptrend and things get pretty crazy. Retail comes back in and we go through our sort of parabolic phase. That's the green area that you see in the in the chart here. 
And that's when things get a bit wild. And that's where you want to just make sure you're allocated before that starts. What you don't want to be doing is making all your buys during that time. That's the time that the short-term holders that I talked about on the other chart, that's the time that they're all buying, right? You want to be selling through this phase, not buying through this phase. That's how you sort of win this cycle. So all the things that are happening right now, whether we go up, we go down, we sort of crab walk, you know, up into the halving, it's a little bit irrelevant because prices are going to go way higher at the end of the year into 2025 anyway, as we get more liquidity into the cycle. And I mean that in terms of macro, not necessarily into crypto. And so I, I really don't care about what happens over the next couple of months. If we got a big dip, that'd be great. I'd be continuing to buy. And really what you want to be looking to do is when you reach this sort of parabolic phase, that's when you want to be looking to to sell. So hopefully that gives you just a helpful time frame on on where we're at in terms of the having, in terms of some of the other big events that are happening this year, and then a, a, a bit of a look into the end of 2024 and, and 2025. Again, just to reiterate, I've talked a little bit about cycles. I keep talking about these 12 to 16 months of sort of up only, which I think starts soon. And then I think at some point in 2025 is where we peak. Maybe it reaches 2026. It'll depend on the liquidity cycle. So that's for a whole other video, something we'll talk about and we'll continue to try to uh, guide you and show indicators for throughout the the next year and, and a half. But uh, we're still ways away from anything really being relevant in that sense just yet. So not much for us to look into there. For now, we're trying to figure out at what point does this parabolic phase start? Uh, because we want to make sure we're accumulating as much as we can uh, before that. And then we want to have a selling plan throughout that. So again, if you are signed up to our pro newsletter, we have all these laid out for you there. We have an investing guide where you um, can see the when to sell plan and talk about exactly all of this, how to understand these cycles and so much more. So make sure you've gone pro and that'll get you up to speed on all things for the cycle. But otherwise, this will give you uh, some good insight into what's happening here in the short term. And again, please answer the question, do you own Bitcoin? And if you do, are you continuing to buy it or are you moving down the risk curve and said you're buying Ethereum, Solana or other assets? Just want to get an idea of our listeners uh, and viewers. You know, what are you guys holding? What are your bags like? That just helps me to create better content for you. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening and uh, good luck out there. And let's hope for some green charts in the coming months ahead. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.